Hello, and welcome to Pictures Up, the podcast where we talk about careers in film and how to transition from being interested in a career in film to actually having one. Today, we're talking with Marlo Taylor, who he's kind of everything sound. He uh, he works in the field as a sound mixer, but he also does post sound for films. He's also a music producer. You know, they say... Uh, Jack of all trades, master of none. Well, when it comes to the sound department, uh, Marlo is master of everything, as far as I can tell. Um, he's worked on films like Alex Cross with Matthew Fox and Tyler Perry. He's also uh, he worked on Draft Day with Jennifer Garner and Kevin Cosner. Also, the uh, Sylvester Stallone, Matthew Modine film Backtrace. Uh, that those are just a few of his credits. He's got a very um, robust, shall we say. Uh, IMDb presence. Um, I don't know if I've met anyone with the boundless positive energy that Marlo has. You may have heard the saying that uh, if you need something done, ask a busy person. Marlo's definitely one of the kind of people that that saying is talking about. It was really down to the wire trying to find time for this interview because he's on set, he's got all these different things going on, uh, but we finally made it happen. And I think you are really going to enjoy the results. To get started, well, first of all, thanks for taking time. It's, uh, it's one awesome, of the man. It's awesome. <laughs> it's cool. One of the challenges of scheduling interviews with movie people is that they're busy. You know, we yeah. were, we were texting until you know twelve or one this morning, trying to yeah. confirm things, and then you're fitting me in with you know, and this is the weekend, you know, so. Yeah, and today is the my only off day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because this week for Netflix we did six day weeks. So oh really? Yeah. So it's like oh man, you know. So it kind of threw a little bit of a monkey wrench because my son's birthday was on. So happy birthday, MJ! He just turned thirteen. So oh, wow. yeah. And they had a little going to Niagara Falls thing for him, and so I couldn't go. So my wife and her parents went from Texas. So. Yeah, so I kind of missed that, but he has a PlayStation VR for all those who know what PlayStation. <laughs> so he's totally happy about that. So okay, thanks for taking time out of such a busy schedule. Can you give me a sort of a quick rundown of how you got involved with the whole sound world, and then how you ended up getting into uh, the filmmaking side of it? Well, okay, it, that's a really long. It could be really, really long, but. I started out DJing, which was my thing. I was a DJ. Okay. And then doing that, you know, everybody didn't know how to hook up their equipment. So I started kind of just haphazardly learning how to do that. And then I said, you know, so wait a minute, I think I want to be a professional DJ. So they're like, well, you have to go to college. I'm like, oh, I'm way too dumb for college. Like, I can't, you know, my mom's like, no, you're going to go. So I ended up going to school and in my undergrad, I ended up covering all of the audio side of stuff. And it just so happened that that was good because then then I learned how to really be a good studio engineer and I started really learning mics and learning what's going on. Right. So and being from Cleveland, you know, at the time we we had a rap group called Bone Thugs and Harmony and they were they were like a huge deal, and so I was able to get with those guys and then getting with them and started recording. Then just just like jet propelled me forward and the next thing you know I started doing like Snoop Dogg and any other major artists that come through the city they come by the studio. So even Fat Joe who's gone and you know, Fredro Star, just a lot of these artists, I would see them and they would come through. I even had Chuck D, you know, which was really awesome. You know, what up, Chuck D out there, public enemy? <laughs> oh, that's my homie. He's really cool. You know, we say what up with each other on Twitter. I follow him. But, um, you know, it was nice to have him in the studio because he's like someone I looked up to, you know, growing up and yeah. DJing. So I've recorded a lot of icons and stuff like that in the rap and hip hop industry, which is cool. And it just, I was like, okay, I got this. I love it. So I went out to California to visit my cousin who was working doing everything he says oh i can get you access to the paramount lot you can go all around the lot and i was like yeah i want to see movie stuff so i was able to meet it was as just the luck of i mean just the stars it was the last shoot for star trek 6 with the original captain kirk and like the whole cast spock all of them and i was able to meet kirk spock uh Lemoy, the doctor. Le Leonard, Leonard yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, Bones? Bones, who, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, now, mind you, I'm not a Star Trek fan, but I was able to, like, see the set and see stuff, and it, it just blew me away. And I said, wow, how can I do this, you know? And so then I said, well, you know, if you go back to school some more, so I went back to school some more. And then that's when I learned, like, film, and then I learned film sound, and then that's when I was like, okay. So I came home ready to do movies, 
but that was 97 and there was no movies here. So I was like, okay, well, what do I do with this cool, cool, you know, I got these skills. So I'm like, right. well, you go post. So I started doing post stuff and then I just started doing a lot of that. So I started, you know, adding Foley and effects because I knew the art of it. I knew the mics and I had the recorder, you know, so I started doing that and doing Foley and mixing stuff. And then I started doing a lot of features for PBS and then just kind of snowballed. And that's what kept me totally busy and allowed me to stay in Cleveland, Ohio because there wasn't any movies in 97. So I was like, well, I'm going to stay you, here. You don't look old enough to have been doing sound posts in 1997. <laughs> well, I was doing sound posts in 1997, <laughs> but thank you. So, um, and I just kept, you know, staying at it. And then every once in a while, I may go do like a commercial or like a music video playback job, you know, which required sound to playback because you had to have time code and you're transmitting it to a slate. And right. So I would go do that. But for the most part, the studio world kept me busy where I didn't have time to really go do the movies. So not until like 2011, finally, because mind you, when I came back, I was teaching at the university here. So, okay. I was, so I was at CSU and I was teaching 100, 200, 300, and 400 level. And I was teaching like intro to film and then just like, you know, a lot of things that kind of covered film, like all the correlated studies of film, stuff like that. So we would do, you know, intro to film, then uh, Pro Tools post would be like in my 400 level, and I would teach them how to put their movie in and do posts to it. Students loved it. They were like, wow, you know, like this is what you do to this, and you could yeah. clean up the lines, and they were like, whoa. But I'd have grip trucks come in, pull everything off a truck, and walk kids through all of the things on the truck and lighting, and that's 18K, and this is the ballast, and you know. So we, I would do that, and then I'd have buddies like you, professionals that were your camera or DP, hey, you're in town, can you come by my class? You know, and they come in. Right. And so I would do that. So I made my classes a lot of fun, and a lot of people know me, like, oh, yeah, Dr. Taylor, he's so nice, he's a, you know, which was really, really cool. And, and then from that, you know, 2011, this is our first Cleveland, Ohio busy film year. Okay, is that when the incentives came in? Yes. Okay. And that was the first year of Avengers, who shot here, and then Paramount Fun Size, oh, and then your show, You're which right. was old-fashioned. Old-fashioned, yeah. Yeah, so I went from Alex Cross, which was what I was on at the time with Tyler Perry, to your show, right, immediately afterwards. And then, okay. yeah, and that was only because my wife said, you know, you need to consider doing some film stuff at home, because mind you, I was doing film stuff, but I got tired of going out of town so much to go do it. And I was like, I could just stay in the studio. I'm missing clients here. I, will not, I won't be far away from home, honey. Why don't you let me just stay in the studio? She's like, whatever you want to do. But if you keep saying no to all the shows coming, you know, all right. the, all the, your union calling you saying, hey, you're available? I'm like, no. Then you're going to be on a no list. So yeah, eventually they'll stop. They'll stop calling me. Yeah. So I said, okay. And then she also made a promise. You can have both best of both worlds. You can actually go and work on the movie set. And when you get off, you can go right into your studio and you can still work. And I said, great. Well, I tried that. And I woke <laughs> up five hours later with the Pro Tools still playing and my hand on the mouse. <laughs> so, so I realized that I can't do that anymore. So now I squeeze it all in on weekends or however I do it, as we're doing right now. You mean sound the post work? Post work or like recording an artist or... You know, trying to meet with an artist about a project or, you know, or anything that's related on the other side of the fence from me being on set. I try to squeeze in it on the weekends. So you're really uh, going strong still doing post and mixing on set. Yes. Yeah. That's got to be busy. Yeah, it is. Uh, I think you just walked in on the end of one of my calls <laughs> just now about some <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. So right. it's and it's all the time, you know. And I, I, you know, my wife says, well, you're, you're not Superman, you know, but you just, you're so, I'm so excited about doing everything yeah. that I just somehow managed to do it all <laughs> or try to squeeze it all in for the most part. But it's, it's cool being at home and being able to be this busy though. That's the cool part. So, yeah, sorry, not to cut you off. No, one, of the, one of the things that I've observed, you know, I, I've been on set in various places and done a bunch of these interviews and you seem to be. A somewhat unique combination of somebody who seems super busy and just super happy like I feel like a lot of the people who are super busy get grumpy yeah you know yeah like how do you what's the secret is it well, just your personality well or? well according to my wife I'm just insane happy <laughs> and she doesn't really understand why but she but at the same time my kids everyone loves it 
but I don't drink any coffee, which is really weird. Really? Yeah, be, because I'm super always like, go. So when I drink coffee, like, you think I'm talking fast now. I would be like, hey, David, how are you doing? Oh, smart. How are you? <laughs> so um, I can't do coffee uh, unless I'm extremely like 18 hours in and I needed to stay awake to drive home for the 40 minutes or whatever. But right. And even then, I can't send a taste of it. So my <laughs> utility guy will normally make me a hot chocolate version coffee. Right. <laughs> but um, plenty of other things to make it go down a little easier. Right. I think the thing that keeps me uh, so excited is all the new people that I meet for me is very exciting and it almost like family like we just finished uh bruce willis show right probably our third or fourth month with him and then we went straight to amazon i like immediately and then we went straight from amazon to netflix which i'm on right now and i'll go to netflix till mid-november or whatever oh and, wow yeah so it's a it's a pretty long show yeah it's pretty long yeah, yeah. so and it's at home so mind you i'm doing a lot of this stuff at home and not needing to travel as far as we, when I said where I was near you, which was a little earlier in this year, we went down to do a Sylvester Stallone show in Georgia, you know? So it's nice that I don't have to travel as far because it's busy for me in my region. And that makes, you know, my wife happy and the kids, you know, so it's kind of cool. So it balances out. But for me, it's excitement of meeting new people. I love that, you know? And, and every, you know, like on this set, like Don, you know, he's from LA, but small world, he knows, uh, I think it's Fiona or Fiona. He, she's the, I it mixed her name up, but she's Sylvester Stallone's makeup artist. Okay. And she does his makeup for years. Okay. Right? So he lives across the street from her. So when he found out we did Escape Plan 3 with Sylvester Stallone, and then we went to Georgia and did another one with him, Backtrace with him, he was like, hey, she's my neighbor, so you know her. And I said, oh, yeah, she's amazing. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, really makes me smile, you know? And, and I know when he goes back and says, hey, I was just with Marlo, the sound mixer. I know she's going to smile because that's how I am. You know, so I, that's what I love. And yeah. it's the connection of new people. Like, being here with you is, is really awesome, you know. So it's really cool to do this. I, I'm really excited. It's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, uh, – I don't know if it was rolling yet at the beginning, but, uh, you know, we just went in and took a look at your studio, which is just off the charts. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, <laughs> and then here I bring you out into my bus to my much more humble studio. Uh, <laughs> it's studio's really but, cool, guys. Don't let them trick you. It's pretty cool. Man. <laughs> Our new word now is, is dope because my son came home the other day from school. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, wow, Dad, that's, that's really dope. And my wife looked at me and said, Wait, why you, did you get him to say that word? I was like, no. And he's like, that's the new version of cool. You know, right. like, oh, that's dope. I'm like, <laughs> I said, that was always our word. It was like, yeah, that's dope. You know, but yeah. so no, but his dope, his bus is dope, guys. So don't let him trick you. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, okay. So we can obviously look you up on IMDb and yeah. sort of see the whole list yeah. of things that you've done. But would you mind sort of taking us through some of the projects that you were most proud to be part of or that you have the that were most memorable or oh, wow. something like that well i'm gonna tell you and this is not because i'm doing this interview with you but for me old-fashioned was very pivotal in in what i do like old-fashioned was just everyone on set it was the most warm and smiling and positive energy and i so now i was like wow this is what i've been kind of missing because i've been in my box basically mm. you know and i was like this is really dope. Like I should be, I should, my wife's right. You know, I should really be saying yes sometimes and saying no to some studio stuff and just, you know, figure out a balance, you know? Right. And that's what made me realize at that point, you know, like, so old fashioned was one old fashioned for me was the kickoff. Okay. To say, wow, this kind of cool stuff can come here and I don't have to travel out of town to do something cool like this. Great. So, okay. And then 2012 came, I think we mixed, eight movies in 2012 oh wow yeah so i mean that's a big slate it's a big yeah and so it was like holy smokes oh okay okay wow all right so and then at that point but i would say old-fashioned was definitely one uh love finds you in sugar creek okay which was uh like a fox related feature tv series like show was really really cool that was down in amish country yeah amish country yeah Yeah. man and that food's so good (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to tell you how many pounds I picked up then <laughs> <laughs> so I had to hit the treadmill when I got home but but I'd say that was really cool and the action ones we've been doing lately have been a lot of fun you know so like the escape plan three was the rest of Sloan was really cool you know but 
also too, I mean, on IMDb, when people look me up and go, who's Marlo Taylor, you know, and they look me up, they'll see all the stuff. But a lot of the fun ones was also Kings of Summer, you know, which was really, really cool. And the one we're doing right now for Netflix, it's called All the Bright Places. Mm. It's really cool. It's a young cast. The cast is so full of energy, you know, so that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of laughing in between the takes or during the takes, you know. And so the humor and the freshness is great. And the director, Brett, is all about sound. Oh, so yeah. he went out on all the locations and made sure it was quiet. And if he heard something or a plant or, you know, a sawmill in the distance, you know, he wasn't thinking like, oh, I can get that out later. He was like, no, sound's not going to like that. This distant location's not going to work. You know, so we've never really been with a director this cognizant of sound, you know. Wow. He's 51% about sound. So when I interviewed with him, he was like, I'm 51% about sound. He loves boom mics only. He does wires if necessary. But he's all about double booming. Yeah, well, it, it sounds more natural, it I sounds think. sounds more natural, yeah. yeah. So so that's what we're doing, and, you know. And, like, last night after, you know, our six-day week, you know, he hugged me. He says, he says, wow, Marley, he says, your sound is so clear. I said, well, you know, I got an interview. I might bring your name up. I said, because we, we really love being with you, man. I said, this, I mean, you promised that you were going to be, like, how you are, and you really are like that, you know. Yeah. And no yelling, you know, none of, you know, you know, a lot of shows – they don't want to wait for sound. So if there's an an error, like you know, a microphone fell off the actor or something, it's a, normally a big deal. But if camera needs minutes, it's no problem. Right. You know. Right. But if sound needs to run in and just fix a wire, oh, 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 what, what, you know, or re jam with slate, you know. But this guy is Brett's totally different. He's like, oh, the camera needs a minute. The sound needs a minute. You know. It's so we get the same love. You know, which is really really cool. And it's the first time my boom up, Scott ever said to me, I feel really appreciate it on the show and I was like what I said I tell you I love you all the time he said no no but the director actually turns to me he'll say Scott is that is that cool or Scott is that sound right there gonna bother Marlo you know and then Scott if Scott's near he knows what's bothering me because Scott's been with me for years right you know so Scott goes oh yeah that might be a problem we should you know have him take the shoes off or you know whatever's making the noises so it's, it's been a real treat to be with Brett for the show so I can't wait to see it come out Sounds like a director who's sat through a few post sessions. <laughs> yes, that was the other part <laughs> I was going to get to. <gasps> yeah. Well, he, okay. So <laughs> you, you, you've, uh, I, I've been thinking of uh, the next question to ask, and you then keep ask, answering it before I get there. Oh, sorry. You, I mean, no, no. You that's stop good. me. I'm excited. No, so you've just <laughs> no. That's good because you went exactly where I was going to ask you anyway, which is. I, I I don't know how many people listening to this sort of know about this, but. I think sound does uh, what you said, like camera and, you know, I'm usually in camera department and and so I can vouch for this. Like, I mean, yeah, if you waste too much time, you're still going to get the stink eye too. But, yeah, 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 but if you need something, you know, people don't really look at you like you're crazy because you need a second for something. Right. And oftentimes that is the case with the sound department. You know, uh, there there's less patience oftentimes for sound. I guess, can you talk about that a little bit more? It sounds like you're working on a show right now where where somebody has really, I guess, internalized that, no, sound is important. Right. It needs to get equal equal treatment, you know? And so that must feel great. But can just, so, just for folks listening, so they have some context for what you were just saying, what is it like some, on some shows? Well, on some shows, from the gist of what you're asking is, is, this show is a special show because yeah. it's director, and this director also sets the curve of the vibe of how everyone moves. Okay. So, in saying that, if a director is very cool, and there's no slant against directors, but the vibe of how the director is then sets the demeanor of how everyone moves together because everyone's trying to do an excellent job. So, props, you know, lighting, the gaffer, the best boy, grips, everyone's trying to make sure everybody's doing their part as best as it can be. And so if the director has a calm demeanor about it, well, it then allows you to execute what you want to do and and not rush to where you cause damage or you fall, you hurt something or something's not secure, you got a light above a person's head and you didn't say to the PA, hey, don't let the extras walk underneath this light because we're rigging it above your head and it's not sturdy yet, you know? Right. Because you, you're so in a rush, you just got to go, 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 go. So when you have a director like that, 
you know, who's calm about it, it gives you a chance to fully think. And then you I, you actually do an incredible job because you want to do an incredible job anyway, but you have a second to, to ponder on what we want to do. So e- example, I'll give you a good example, then I'll give you a bad one. Okay. So like last night we had a fight scene, you know, where the kids fight in the hallway for this show called All the Bright Places. It's Netflix. So there's a fight scene and there's 200 extras of kids in a hallway. Oh, wow. All right. So the thing is, is it takes time to coordinate the stunt scene and get it right. And I real I went up to the director because what they were doing was, which was correct, they wanted all the kids to be quiet. So only thing we could hear was their walking, maybe. And then they had that a rhythm of that so it's not stepping on dialogue. Right. But when it got to the fight scene, everyone is still quiet. So I just went up to the director, I said, you know what would be really cool is when it gets to the fight scene and then he says, you know, call me this again. And then the guy says, da 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 and then the actor grabs the other actor and boom, the fight starts. Everyone should react. Instead of just standing there silent, let them actually react. And I said, it's gonna add a total different rhythm it's going to add more excitement to it. I said, the actors will get into it. I said, and it'll build. And he says, yeah, great, let's do it. And they did it, and he loved it. So in that case, it gave me a chance to add more plant mics along the corridor because there's 200 kids. So there's kids going, what's going on? What's going on? And they're running forward to try to see the fight, you know, like how it would be in high school, you know. Or if, you know, if you're around, you want to see the fight. Don't, you know, I'm not saying that fights are cool, but this is movie, guys. Sure. <laughs> so a little over-exaggerated. So we, we had more mics. I had both boom guys with two different kind of mics up. And so we got all of that screaming, which is very loud. And it sounded awesome. He was ecstatic. You know what I mean? And so was the producers which is really cool, you know? So, but it gave me a chance to think of that because we were getting to the rush, rush moment. And so had he not been a director, I felt I could have approached with that idea. I just wouldn't have not done it and he just would not have gotten it. So this is a question or an observation. Is this right or wrong basically? But having spent enough time in post, is that what gave you that idea? It's like, I know what would be helpful, right? <laughs> yes. Later, um, later on. That's exactly my point. That's the other thing is because I've done so much in post I know like if I get all this stuff and I put it all on ISO tracks you know the ad when it when it gets final to the final guy he's gonna love it he or she whomever that is because they have all of it now so now they can lay it all in and if they want to they can build against it or on top of it or more elements you know you know so the school announcements you know back up or do- the times or whatever goes on in school you know and the bells ringing and but they have something to build against if they don't use mine but it's mine is done so well knock on wood which, <laughs> which being yeah. my head um that it's covered for them well enough that all they have to do is lay it in and it's do a little bit but they have it and they have the vibe of it you know what i mean so yeah that's that's the point and i've learned like dang why didn't the sound guy just run that when he was there so the post side of my world is what helped me when I came out and I did old fashioned. Because right. I knew exactly what's gonna work and oh man, that's not gonna work. Or I need to get a wild line or, you know, or let me get this line and I I think that's, you know, why you know, Rick was happy with me as well. So so it's cheating a little bit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well I think you know. somebody who say only was a set mixer, they you know, y- you might get over time out of tune with exactly like some of those nice extra things that you know obviously a person you know if they're paying attention they can do a good job and give people in post what they need obviously but you're probably not going to be quite as in tune with what might be helpful in post if if you don't do both sides of it um do you ever have a problem with assuming that you're not the one doing post on it communicating sort of what you're giving them because i know that you know, I've been on set and then seen the post process for the same project and, you know, all the continuity notes and there's a lot of resources that are actually created for people in post that sometimes I see just sort of gathering dust off to the side. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you let the sound guys know that, oh, you know, if great. you go go with channels uh, four through 12, you're going to have all these plant mics that are in the hallway that they won't they'll be they won't have much on them until this certain part in the scene. Oh, yeah. But, you know, how do, how, how do they know to look for what the, the gems that you left them? Well, well, this I want to answer two balls in one. 
so for the most part, a lot of location sound mixers, you know, their job is to try to get a dialogue and, yeah. and not to get that other stuff. Right. And also, too, normally, there's always a crunch of time. So even if the director is really cool, like Brett or like Brian Miller, who has been, we've done a lot of action movies with, with those kind of guys, is sometimes the time is just not there. So a mixer just can't do it all. He just can't do these plants and he can't, you know, it's just not going to happen. So he just gets what it is or, you know, he just sticks with the mission of, I just got to make sure I get clear dialogue right. and close to do it. But if you have a chance to do it all and you have the moment and the time, then what I still do is, which is the only thing that's not digital about me besides all my gear, is I still hand write out my logs. Okay. So I hand write out the logs and I make notes, you know, channels five, six, seven, and eight are plant mics, you know, and plant mics and I do a long like paragraph, like plant mics that cover kids cheering or, you know, kids screaming and then this conversation and da 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 and I write it all out. And I also do like smiley faces on my logs stuff like that so i'm i make sure like they really gonna look at my logs you know i see because they go like okay that's you know this guy's okay yeah this, what, what, this guy's really happy what's going on you know <laughs> so i think that's what you have to do and a lot of days down with the new recorders you know you just press a button and it writes your sound report and most of the sound reports are just small so they just say good bad airplane you know lawnmower you know so they're just simple things so it doesn't really give, I feel, post sometimes enough information. So I, I still like writing out my logs. Because then I can say okay. it was a line more, but it didn't start until the very end on the last line. So I don't I don't want to write line more for the whole scene. Right, because then they won't even look at it as a good they take. They might even look at it yeah. as a good take. So I just go line more at the end, you know. Right. So they go, oh. Or I'll, or I'll say, like, if a scene is cut mid-drift because the actor just, oh, I'm sorry, can we cut but it started out really great from the other actor's perspective. I'll say scene starts starts great and then cut midway or something like that. Okay. So that's what I do. I still so it's do your, it's your notes. It's, it's my it's notes. It's your log, yeah. the sound log. And yeah. this show, the Netflix show, they want them 1,000%. So that's I'm, good. So I'm constantly emailing and taking photos so the editors can get them in L.A. I think, yeah, I think they're in L.A., yeah. So they can get them in L.A., on time to look at them as they're assembling the show as we're shooting. I so, see. Yeah, as as it's being processed and done all the stuff at Technicolor in New York, it's then going to them and now it's it's such a process. It's so bananas, but it's really cool to be you know sitting in on you know aspect ratio and you know shooting seven K and like all the stuff oh, wow. that goes on you know and the the new Panavision camera, you know this DXL or whatever. Okay. You know, I hope I'm saying that right, but. It's a new Panavision camera. It's pretty, okay. pretty awesome, you know. So to be able to see this new camera and stuff like that and go, wow, and figure out how we got to sync this guy because that's the new problem now that goes with sound, you know. It's a sound's responsibility to synchronize the cameras, but we could talk about that. What are some of the tools and processes that you use? We talked a little bit about your sound reports, right. but um, like uh, this is super nerdy, but like what are some of your go-to pieces of gear for recording and miking and and things like that like what which i know that's sort of a uh, a lot of it's sort of personal, personal. Pre preference yeah, and is. so on because there's there's so many choices right now i mean yeah I, I sit here and i think you know you got pro tools rolling right now yeah and you got a little zoom recorder going hm4 going right now you know so and the and i think the new evolution of that stuff has changed you know the amount of you know money or what you need to spend to still get a decent job done you know i see yeah. so it becomes just what are you used to? For me, I I love Zascom recorders. I love the limiter for stuff when it's really you know really peaking or like going crazy. Um, I like that works really well. And so I'm a diva. I like the Zascom diva recorder. So and I use a Zascom diva mixer as well. So the mix twelve, which controls the recorder. They talk to each other, yeah. kind of, right? Yeah. So you can type in stuff on the screen, and on the recorder you can type in a decent amount of stuff in the notes which then goes in with the metadata. So for those who don't know what the metadata is, it's, it allows you to every scene that's rolling. So if it's scene 14, Baker, take one, which is 14B, take one, that information is embedded into the actual recording when you hit record. And you can also put on the notes or comments like it's good or good or, you know, then bad or good, then line more, you know. And you can add a small amount of letters in there and enter it and that stays with the actual clip. So when they bring it into Avid and you know certain editing systems, they, they can actually see just your quick metadata notes for each take. So good, bad, cut, you know, cut early, you know, 
they can see that. And if they want more extensive notes, then they could go to your logs or, you know, in my case, I do the analog logs. Yeah. So for me, uh, having this ASCOM stuff has been great. And I've never left the world of electrosonics. Okay. So I'm electrosonics all wireless. All my wireless is electrosonics. So on the cart, there's 12 channels electro, you know, so I run a venue. And then uh, all my, my IFB system, which is version of context, but I use electro system, electrosonics, which is IFB. All that stuff is also, you know, R1As. So everything wireless for me is electrosonics until I get to time code which is in ambient. I, I love the ambient system for those who you know, aren't familiar with it. Uh, the ambient system is really cool because I can control all the clock and boxes from my iPad. And oh, I, can really? I can see that they're sync. And, I, you know, and also I can get an echo back and see if the camera is also sync because I have a burn-in on my screen system set up where I can see my time code and I can see the time code of the camera. So do you record picture as well with what you do? Sometimes okay. I, on, on my cart, if I want to, I can, you know, I and it's, it's found, I found that to be a super saver for us, you know, because sometimes if it's only two of us, Scott, myself doing a job and we don't have a third guy because there's just no budget for that, uh, which not going to I'm spoiled. I haven't seen that day in a long time, yeah. <laughs> but um, if it is only two of us, like it wasn't old fashioned, you know, yeah. it allows me, you know, to say, oh man, it, you know, there was a boom shadow, you know, and Scott goes, where? And I go, it was just somewhere in the middle during the take. Okay. But now, you know, if I want to, I can play it back really quick and I could show him. He comes to the cart and we look at him and go right here and see when they move, that moves goes here and the camera goes, this high. oh, oh, you know. So it can be a cool thing. We don't really use it a lot, you know. So, so. you can, but you generally do monitor, like but visually we monitor, monitor. Yes, we're monitoring, yes. Primarily for um, hidden mics getting shown or yes. boom shadows yeah, and that and kind boom of thing. Shadows. So we're looking for boom shadows. Uh, Boom shadows, other things moving in a way that he didn't see that may bump him or may clog him up from moving around something. Or, you know, if the angle of the camera changes and the steady cam goes up for some reason to grab something and then to come right. back down to the land. Right. You know, so monitor, yeah. Yeah, and you might get the, the mic in the shot. You might get the mic in the shot, yeah. yeah so, so um, and another part of your job is the set monitoring which comtech is com comtech is a brand name is it is your gear usually actually comtech or is that just no. sort of a uh... comtech has just become like the industry standard for because comtech the company actually made the i believe but i don't know because you know i'm not as you know veteran as other mixers but you know from my knowledge comtech was like the first you know like kind of like ifb type of system where you could hear the audio coming from what the mixer is getting, you know, getting right. in, and then pushing up his faders or his recorder knobs to record. So that was his way to send out what he's collecting. You know what I mean? So Comtech was the first brand, and I mean, and I I don't know when Electrosonic started, but so the general term even now when people want Comtech, they just say, "Can I have a Comtech?" You know, but right. we're giving them an Electro R1A. I see. IFB. Right, <laughs> you know, right. So, right. Yeah. It, which is basically the way that the director and the script supervisor and other folks who Contact. need to really be able to hear yeah, yeah. what's on set, uh, you know, what, what's coming from audio department, you know, because the director and folks are at the, you know, at Video Village and they can see the picture on the monitor. But if they don't have a feed from you, then they can't, like, hearing what's going on hearing is what's going really on, critically yeah. important. So, yeah. Okay. So what what do you actually have to put on the camera? What what do you get from do do they rec, do they usually record scratch audio with picture as well? Well, some shows uh, want to have some scratch audio on there because it could be maybe a request that the director wants to try to get immediate immediate dailies, yeah. you know, right there, so the DIT guy can just pull off the card and do his rendering or whatever he needs to do. And if the audio is already with the picture, he can easily go ahead and make those, you know, quick times or whatever needed to put right. on a flash drive so that at the end of the day, director can go home to his hotel and put his hard drive, you know, put his laptop and he can look at him. Right. So if we can lay audio on there, it saves that, that one day delay of getting FedEx off to whoever's doing the dailies. You know, right. like in this case, it's Technicolor, you know, in New York, and we're in Cleveland, you know. So there's always going to be, oh, no, actually, I, yeah, I think it does go to New York. It goes to Technicolor, I believe, in New York. So it's still going to be a day, you know, behind, you know, or something like that. And then, and I'm not sure if it's 
in New York or is LA, but there's still a de delay because they have to FedEx it, it has to get there, then it has to be processed and then all that stuff. And then, you know, so by the time it gets put up on a web server, you know, it's later on that next evening, you know, so I think that's, it just causes a delay. So a lot of times we'll get a request for that. So then we'll put, you know, I have Zascom, IFB system too. The Zascom ones are really cool. And that's where you'll find like, there's no really right way of, you know, you buy one thing and that's kind of it because the Zascom box is cool because it does audio and time code. Oh, okay. So we can just put one box on the camera and then it'll get audio and time code. You know, so now it's two birds with one stone because you know, a lot of time camera already has all these gadgetry. You know, I mean, you know, it's right. all it's, the stuff all over the camera. Yeah, it's accessories all over. Yeah. And the cameras are getting smaller, the bodies. Right. So, so there's fewer places to stash all yeah, that stuff. So you don't yeah. have a whole lot of parking lot space, you know, so you're trying to figure out where the heck can I put stuff? So having one box stand for that is then what we'll do if that's the situation. You know? I see. And that's using the Zascom their version of the IFBs, but because the owner of that company was an audio guy, he knew that, you know, where he used to put two boxes on there, he knew like if when I invent something, I'm gonna make it where it's all in one with a time code reading screen on the unit. So so, so in case somebody's uh, less technically aware, mm -hmm. basically what you're saying, if I follow correctly, correct me. Go ahead. Uh, so we're testing Zax David. <laughs> Zaxcom is the company that makes your recorder. Recorder, yes. Yes, and and for those of you who don't know what the uh, Diva is, That's it's awesome. it's a super nice, uh, like high end multi track digital audio recorder. Yeah. So it has a wireless accessory that goes with it, that uh, will wirelessly transmit both sound and time code, time code which yeah. is what. Um, you know, that's how you uh, synchronize everything back up in post is right. by using a uh, time code. So you have a time code on the audio recording and a time code on the video recording that are synchronized. And so when you're in post and you're marrying sound and picture back together, you have this burned in reference that helps you do that reliably. Right. But if there were no audio feed going to the camera, if the director wanted to look at the footage later that night, they could see it, but they wouldn't really have anything to listen to yeah. without a feed from you. So uh, cameras already are loaded with all kinds of accessories for yes. uh, focus motors and uh, wireless video transmitter and all kinds of stuff that's on there. So you have this one single box that goes on the camera. It does everything that you need from your department right. for, for camera. Very cool. And that's made by Zascom. So right. with that unit, you know, and it depends on which what you have in your core or how it's built. But in my case, uh, for the IFB system, I have a separate, uh, I think it's called IFB 200 from them or something like that. I can't remember the exact model number. but And that's the box that then transmits to those contacts, for lack of a better word. I see. But it's just a fancier contact, you know. And I also see. in that module, it also has a SIM card, a micro SD card that you can push in it. And it constantly records every time either your deck records. So it's recording a stereo feed. So this it's your backup. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, right? <laughs> really cool, right? So it's also recording what it's transmitting out. So if for some, you know, odd reason something was to happen or, you know, you lost the recording or a glitch, which, knock on wood, has never happened with Zascom recorders because they're pretty solid on how they separate the two formats and one being more and the other fat 32 uh, there's never any glitch in the system and if the recorder just shut off you know, just in midriff because the battery dies it still closes the file and then boom so you don't lose the file because it was in mid of recording which has been a problem with other recorders other see. devices yeah so i think because of the two hierarchy it works really well and then you have the transmitting system that also has a sim card in it so it's recording what you're feeding into it as it sends it to the camera hops because and those are also two called camera hops so whenever okay. someone wants you know audio on a camera the term it would be like oh you want a camera hop and camera hop is you know our version of saying you want audio on the camera so i see so it's referred to as a camera hop. does the zaxcom family or universe include the smart slate well, that's the only thing that Zascom hasn't touched. And I, I believe it's because 
He probably knows Charles over at Denneke. Ooh, I love Charles, by the way. Denneke makes the best slates, you know, okay. and Denneke's been the slate leader since the beginning of time. So Denneke's kind of like a Comtech, you right. know, but at Denneke slates, no one has topped Denneke slates. I mean, I love my ambient wireless system for, because now the clock and boxes we use are literally the size of your thumb. Yeah. So now what we put on the camera, you know, when we're coming to them saying, we need to put a clock in on here, they, oh, you know, because they're thinking it used to be this larger than a pack of cigarettes, you know. Now yeah. it's the size of your thumb, and it's yeah. Wi-Fi, you know, and they're like, what, you know. Yeah. So we put those in the cameras now, but Denneke's been the king of slates, you know. So the Ambient makes one, you know, Besto makes another slate, you know. So there's other slate guys coming in, but Ambient's just, they're, Clocket system built inside the slates are just so crystal on point, the crystal sink. It just hasn't been really a problem with their TSO, you know, TCO. So okay. uh, it's it's a really, really good slate. And also it can go backlight at, at night. Right. So you know how we write on the slate with the marker scene and take, well, Ambient, I mean, Denneke, I'm sorry, makes the slate TS3EL and it has a back luminance. So at night it does a, like a green, like a green color. So yeah. you can see all of your mar your writing in right. darker situations. Now, so. is do you bring the slate usually? That's the other problem. Um, is slates are a sounds problem. Slates are owned by the sound mixer. Okay. And I think sometimes it's not fair when you know camera beats up our slates or they damage our slates. You know. Oh right. But um, it's it's sounds problem initially, and I'll explain why. It's because we are the master clock, right? That drives everything so we start the time code out for the day and so therefore we jam the slates and then the time code that's on the slates should match what we're jamming the camera to which is then where you put your clock box on the camera or you use Zascom's camera hop which has time code for the clock and audio if that's the case so the time code did you see unembedded in each clip every time that camera rolls should be the exact same numbers you see in front of the camera before they say mark it and he goes clack and he closes so right. and the reason why that's our problem is because we're the master clock right you create i'm creating that time everybody's code. on your time everybody's code. on our time code yeah. so you know i've had some shows come up where i forgot i'm in san francisco you know, it's still three hours, you know, still three hours, like, <laughs> and I forgot to set it back three hours, you know. Oh, so, we, yeah, we started rolling. They're like, it's not, you know, noon. <laughs> it's, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, crap, sorry, you know. So, I mean, <laughs> and then initially the, that doesn't really affect posts as long as the numbers are right. right. It doesn't affect posts. Right. But, you know, sometimes uh, first ADs or ADs in a department, they tend to look at the slates when they're trying to make sure they're going to call lunch in time, you know. Right. So they'll look at it and, and they'll may freak out for a second. Whoa, 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 you know, it's an hour off for it, you know. So yeah. I try to make sure that. It's you know daylight savings time because the diva does have that, okay. so it you know it keeps up with it. So you try to you know make sure that your time's right if you go to way into another time zone somewhere. So, but yeah, that's that's how that works in a nutshell. Uh, coming back out of Nerdland for, uh, again, that was all all super interesting. One of the things that I've seen a lot of people in film. Derek Rimmelspa actually introduced me to this idea that, that people ask you if you're doing this for the meal or the real, or are you oh, doing wow. a job to put food on the table yeah. or yeah. because like you, it's, you're passionate about it or it's something that will advance your career. And this is just sort of my observation. You're one of the few people that I've talked to that it just seems like everything that you're doing is both. Yeah. seems it like. It is. The, the, the only thing I think, I think it's good for me is that I'm, I'm actually married. I have a wife and, all, you know, and the family, because if I didn't, I'd be nonstop. Like I, I just would be not, you know, I would have just no, no limits. Like I would have no one to say, you know, no statute of limits. Like, okay, you know, like this is the speed limit. You should, you need to at least abide by it. You can go over it a little bit, but you know, if you do, there might be consequences like a ticket, you know? So, so it's nice that I, I have that, you know, but if not, I would just, because it's just so exciting, you know? Yeah. And I, I just, I can't believe it. And the thing is, it's like when I'm on set, you know, a lot of times people don't know any of the other stuff I do. They just think I'm a sound mixer. You yeah. Know? And they'll go, Oh, you're a sound mixer. You know, are you? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm a CAS mixer, which is a really 
a really really cool thing to talk about too. I'm part of that guild, you know. So that's is, nice. is that the union or the, the guild? Well, that's that yeah. that's the the audio guild. So it's kind of like you know, ASC has it for you know cinematographers, so, you know, right. and you have one for the editors, you know, and you have one for you know the DGA, and everyone has their guild. Well, for sound, we have CAS, which is Cinema Audio Society, and so like it's such an honor to be part of that because it takes a long time to you know work and you know and in your accolade get your accolades up and be able to get that kind of skill set that wants you really worthy to be a cas mixer and understand that you know you're there to do the best job that you can do you know with the right attitude and understand that you know those letters go up on the screen on you know yeah you know so you're representing that you know and yeah and to know like the president of our of my of cas is you know the mixer who makes titanic and stuff like yeah. that you know so, you know, it's it's like such an honor to be among such great mixers, you know, and, you know, other mixers I know, like Willie Burton, who's done, you know, a ton of stuff, you know, just, you know, from The Roots and Car Wash and Indiana Jones and, you know, just countless films to be like there now with those guys, you know, and it's, it's, it's like, it's an honor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a big achievement. Yeah. To, you know, and they've mixed, you know, as many films that I've mixed, you know, now at this point, I'm well over 50, you know, I don't know how high it is now. It's, it's getting up there even more, but you know, to be able to do these shows and, you know, do one with Arnold Schwarzenegger and do a couple with Sylvester Sloan, it's like, wow, it's like a dream. So for me, that's like the energy. Cause I could, I just have to pinch myself for a second and go, dude, you're, you're really here. You know, like, yeah. And it's like, okay, you guys do a good job. Cause that's why they called you, you know? So <laughs> I found that, um, that's the part that really keeps it going for me. And just, it's the energy of it and the excitement of something new. And that's the part I think about film being a sound mixer is it's never the same. So for me, it's, it's a constant, I call it war. Like when I'm in an interview, I, you know, I'll say to the director, I said, you know, I understand the war. It's an art war every day. I said, so, you know, we come into it going, we're not going to lose this war, dude. You know, I said, and a lot of times, you know, directors will laugh or, you know, but they'll get it. Like, meaning like, you know, it's going to be something different every day, but we don't give up. You know, we figure out how to adapt to it and how to accommodate it, you know, and then execute, you know, and doing that, I think having like a whole assortment of mics and a whole assortment of lives and stuff like that help, you know, and then just having all the right tools help. You know, so, yeah. I don't know if I answered it. I got yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, <laughs> I think that something that people in school, for example, don't always understand is that the the skill that's sort of like the the benchmark of the status quo or the like. People assume that you know how to do your job from a sort of a technical standpoint, like. Mm -hmm in your job that you can record good audio but i think the people that work most consistently are the people sort of like what you're saying like the director knows that you have his back and mm -hmm. he like you understanding the nature of the war as right. you put it right like and being there and being the guy that's saying like we're not going to lose today like i know this is war but we're not going to lose. No, we're we're going to what's the problem? Oh, okay. Okay, well, and you you figure out a way to do stuff. And every day is not going to be the same thing. Prime example, you know, on this show, All the Bright Places, we had Process Trailer Day. You know, for those listeners not quite sure, it's the cool day where they put a car up on a float, you know, and then that's connected to another larger vehicle that's towing it. And then they put all the lights, they build all the lights on this float and it's all lighting the car and the cameras are all mounted to it, you know. And on this particular day, the director wanted to play music, but he wanted the music to be able where we could edit it on the fly and play different parts, but they have dialogue. <laughs> so on our, on our technical, on our post call, post said, whoa, 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 because, you know, normally you want to just play it in speaker in the car, but... It's going to be a problem because either the speaker may buzz, but it's going to be over their dialogue. Right. So how are we going to do that? And then once you do that, it screws up the sound, which means now the actors are going to have to go back and ADR all of it. Right. Just because you wanted a song played that we could probably play. We're going to play in the scene anyway in post. Right. So I said, okay, well, then, you know, a way to do this is we'll do this with earwigs. Okay. You know, so then we set up an earwig system. You know, and then I set up earwig system where I had dual mixing controls of what's going to the earwigs in difference to what's going to me and then what we're playing back. And then 
I also then set up a separate IV mix, a Comtech mix, so the director could still also hear the music, you know, so he could hear the song, and so could all the producers, um, you know, so it was just like a dance to yeah. figure that all out, and then wow. wire it all, and then wire the the car itself, you know, and then get their dialogue clear as well. So we had a lot of channels of information going down, plus the earwig. So it was a challenge, but it was awesome, and we pulled it off. And he was just he was ecstatic, you know. And it and so you put you put uh, IFB monitors mm-hmm. in their ears, little tiny little monitors they could stick down in their ears. And there's no cord or anything that comes mm-hmm. out. It's wireless. Wow. Yeah. And so the one actor, uh, actress, I can't remember her name. Uh, we call her L, but I think it was Ella Fleming or something like that. But yeah. when you go to IMDb, look at it. It's called All the Bright Places. It's on my page, Marlo Taylor. You'll find me. But um, <laughs> you'll see it on there, and you can see the actors on there. But it was a scene with her and another actor named Justice. You know, those are their real names. Character names are Finch and Violet. So, and so he's driving. You know, and the thing was, is I was kind of like, how's this song gonna work? But it's amazing because the as he's driving, he starts singing the song. Okay. But it works great because we put the right mics in there to dynamically get him singing clear inside the car, because he's singing, you know. Yeah. And then he goes from singing into dialogue, you know. So we had to do double miking system. You know what oh, I mean? So, wow. Okay. Right. So, so you I use go, different mic. Different mics. Yeah. For the singing. For the singing from the from, from the narration. Yeah. So we go back and forth between the two, but then now that he's singing, and then Post has the ISO track of what I'm playing, sorry, but touching my, on another track, ISO, so now when they get it, they have it right there. So they don't have to try to go back and find it, sing it, lay it down. They just push it up right in the post dialogue, and boom, they have it. <laughs> so wow. I lay that down on two tracks in stereo, you know, and then it's time code sync, so it's, it's just all around the corner, solid for them. And then for the dailies, I did a mix, so the, so when he's watching the dailies, he doesn't have to sit there and hear him singing and not hear the music. You know what I mean? Because, so I pushed it up into the dailies mix. Okay. You know, so it worked out really, really cool. I'm very excited about that. But it was a challenge. But as a and mixer, you're doing this all yourself? Well, I have a team. Okay. So in my team, there's always well, not always, but on most shows, we'll, there'll be three guys in sound department okay. if the budget permits. Okay. So there's my boom guy, it was Scott. And then my utility guy on this show is Hunter. So there's three of us because on process trailer day, there's a lot of wiring going on. So there's, a, you know, lines being ran from the cab of the truck, you know, which I don't know if your podcast has photos, but I can maybe give you some photos later. Yeah. So you can put them up and you can tie yeah. them. But awesome. there's photos of, you know, how the rig, I have the rig set up in the front passenger seat. So my mixer and all that stuff. And then there's antennas aiming at the back of the car, you know, for that's transmitting and IFB transmitting all that stuff. So all that stuff's being ran by the utility guy. His job's run all the lines. His job is get the power. Scott's job, excuse me, the boom operator's job is all about the microphones. You have to trust your boom op. It's a married relationship. You know, if you, for me, I'm always happy. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, sure, cool, let's do it. You know, and Scott, my boom guy, he's like, even kill he's kind of like you know he's like my wife he wants coffee you know and he's just <laughs> like you know so it's, it's so it's a total different you know but scott knows what i want and he just and he executes scott's amazing at it so scott gets in there and starts wiring the cab whatever we have to do you know and he gets all that set up and then you know we hook it all he hooks it all up scott then scott brings all the lines to me and then i actually come and i make sure everything's all hooked up and there's all the right channels and then we start running our tests then we're good to go. And then we just wait for talent to land to figure out any minor adjustments, you know, and then we're ready to go, you know. And then in this particular show, I had Scott behind me in the cab of the truck controlling the playback. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was because... wondering. How do you, how do you, <laughs> you know, you're talking about editing on the fly, yeah, doing so, different pieces of music and Yeah. Stuff. Cause the director said, oh, okay, now I want to go 45 minutes into it. Uh, you know, I know, stop for a minute, but I want to go 45 seconds. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And I want to go. That's a long track. I want to go. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I want to go a minute and 13 in. Or can you back it up? And I just want to play the la- the ending, the last, you know, 40 seconds, you know, because maybe he stopped him at dialogue. Because he already, it's amazing. The director already had the rhythm of the song. So if they talk, it should end right when the car is going to stop, you know, and the actor gets out, you know, which is a really pivotal, like, love scene, you know. So. 
I'm I'm just amazed at the director. I mean, like I absolutely love Brett. Brett's been really really cool. So it's a huge amount of choreography. Yeah, there. yeah. But I mean, he it's and that's why I said I can never direct. And I said to Brett, I said, dude, I can never do your job. He said, I can never do your job. He said, I, I understand it, but I could never do it. So you know, I think everyone has like their niche and their art and their focal point. You know, yeah. and I think it's you know just amazing to find that. You know, and if it's not sound for you. You know, but to find something that you're going to be absolutely happy with every day. You know, rain, sleet, snow, negative cold. We did Arnold Schwarzenegger movie about a year ago, you know, or so. It was freezing cold. Yeah. I mean, freezing. I have pictures of me. I'm bundled up. I have sock warmers, hand warmers. I have a heated jacket, you know. Yeah. Electrically. Freezing. We're out in freezing cold. But, you know, Arnold's in the freezing cold, too. Maybe not as long as I was. <laughs> but he's still out there, you know, for the scenes. And so you, you have to be able to just understand. And once again, that's the art of war. Yeah. You know, is my gear going to work in freezing cold, you know. Right. But thank God. That's come gear. My deck and my recorder didn't miss one beat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was freezing cold outside. I mean, I had torpedo heater in my tent and steel. Wow. <laughs> yes. So, you know, I think that's the part for me that keeps the challenge alive. And so your goal is to get it. You know, everything's fighting against you. You have wind, you have lawnmowers, you have airplanes, dogs, trains, all that's fighting against you, you know. And so you just got to try to win. You yeah. Know, best you can. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. It's about 10 minutes to one. I have one more question. No, it's fine. Go ahead. Um, what advice would you give to uh, young people thinking about entering film uh, or and possibly uh, sound? Like, what, what do you think it takes to be successful? Well, honestly, what I think I, it takes to be successful, I would say, and, and to getting into sound or anything in film, I, really, my first advice would say is, don't do it, run. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I but think, it seems like you're having so much fun. I know I am. And and, I'll, and the thing is, I think what you have to do is you have to understand, like, there's so many other facets to film, you know. So if you don't want to do sound, you know, there's a new era now where we, they need DIT guys. Yeah. Because everything is digital. Who's yeah. who's going to get the cards and transfer them? Who's the media manager? Right. You know, so a lot of people look at, oh, I want to be a director immediately or I want to be, you know, you know, or I want to go straight into sound. Just wherever you want to go, if you can first try and like PA you know if you can get in in that department so you can kind of kind of float around set and you could talk to people you know while you're on set on a show you see where the engines really running and you know and most of the time everybody's pretty you know approachable and you can just kind of get a, a gist of it if you're not in school that route and you've already done it and you know oh I want to be a DP or whatever right you know but my thing is is if you can get a feeler that's really awesome but there's because there's a lot of empty holes too that we're, you need more people in those departments. So, I mean, DIT, I know, is one strong place. Uh, you know, video playback is another strong place. Yeah. Uh, we need more utility, sound utility people, you know. We, we need more boom guys, you know. And I'm just preaching for Ohio, you know. But in general, it'd be nice to have, you know, more of those things. But definitely, I see a lot of shows are needing DIT guys. But my thing is, is if whatever you want to do, just kind of know, like, if I'm going to do this, you have to be one hundred and seventy six percent in it okay so if you feel like mm, you know then it's it's not the right thing for you and you can't make i would say and i because i didn't don't make i gotta get money 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 be your objective yeah because our world is not like that you may work for four or six months and you may be off for two and a half months yeah you know so and you have to be and you have to understand that's how our world works you know, and you also have to understand, like, right now, I got two, two, three other features that call for me to mix, but they're all starting while I'm still on this Netflix show. Oh, man. And I'm bummed out. Yeah. All right, so you have those moments, you know, and it could be a higher paying show. Yeah. It could be a show that's going to go four months, you know, instead of your month or, you know, your seven weeks or whatever you're on. And you want to be like... I'm gonna just leave the show and go do this one for five, six months because look at how much more I'll make. Right. But also too, you're making relationships, right. you know, and you're meeting new people and you're so you gotta consider that too. Right. You know, and they hired you and they hired you because they like your skill set and they want you there to help you complete their mission and their picture too. You know, so I think you have to consider that. So all that stuff factors in, you know. And I think as long as you know what you wanna do 
then you definitely should go like straight at it. You yeah. know what I mean? And if you're kind of like, I like this, but I like that, and I like this, and I like that, then you need to either PA or intern in all those departments. Right. You know what I mean? And get yeah. a feel of each one. Yeah. So then you really have a jest of what you kind of like more, you know? And if you can, you know, get on a show that's uh, not, I don't want to say an, an indie show, but if you can get on one that's more of a serious show, you know? So everyone there are kind of veterans and have done it a lot. So they can tell you all the bumps and the grinds along the way. Yeah. You know, like I can tell you, you know, like, well, this is what I started with. Oh, gosh, I didn't have this at first, you know. Yeah. But I learned this was the good way to, this is what I should get later, you know. And I think as long as you kind of have that unlocked, that that makes it um, perfect, you know, for you to really get in this and know what it's like. And my daughter, you know, on a closing note, my daughter, Jada Taylor, she just graduated. She's a tailor, set costumer, and costumer. And she's on fire. She is on all the shows because wow. she's amazing. She did White Boy Rick, and you know she was on uh, Active Violence with me, which is in the Bruce Willis show. But she's been on Native Son, and she had her own clothes worn in the shows. You know, because she uh, makes clothes. So right. if people get a chance, they can check it out. It's it's mixdfashion.com. Okay. You know, so mixed fashion. Um, but she's a t- amazing at what she does. She's only twenty two. But she's currently right now on Amazon, you know, so she's been on mostly every feature that's come to my city this year, you know, so, you know, and I try to believe me, I try to Jedi mind trick her, you know, because I'm a Star Wars nerd, too, (laughs) you know, that you just want to get a real job, you know, like my wife, you know, you know, who's a nine to five. But you but in doing that, you can plan your vacations. So understand this, guys, when you get into this, you can't quite plan your vacations because you may have the vacation plan and then boom, you get the call. Yeah, you know, and it's like, uh, honey, uh, we can't do the Disney vacation because I got you know, two three months of this show, but yeah. we can go as soon as I'm done, you know. <laughs> so that you know, but if you have a regular job, you can you know you know what it is. You, you can, can plan, plan it. Better. Yeah. yeah, you know, you already know what your four hundred one plan is doing, and you know you already know what you're putting in. You know, you get your benefits set up. So, right. but if not, of course, you know, there's a union, and we do have all that stuff as well. So. But, you know, we're on a job-to-job-to-job basis. So yeah. it's a different world, you know? Right. But she she's like, no, Dad, you've always been really happy about it. And, you're all, and you've been doing it, you know, for a long time, all this stuff. And, and I look at you, and I was like, you know, you're not bummed out about it, so I'm going for it. So she did. 30 seconds on Cleveland versus Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. Come on. What's your? You've worked in both markets. Well, uh, you know something, Atlanta. We've lost a lot of good guys here. To Atlanta. Know, to Atlanta, yeah. Okay. And 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 I know so is California. Yeah. And so is a lot of other states, you know. And I, I mean, I I think it's really, really, really dope that Atlanta's on fire like that. You know, like it's they already had the music part, you know, super strong. You know, so I think it's amazing that it's just. And then no pun against California, you know, but that it's now in somewhere else. And I think with that nature of it being in somewhere else, open a window for, well, hey, what about Ohio? Yeah. Well, hey, what about Pittsburgh? You know, like right now, you know, and also rest in peace to, uh, you know, Jim James, the mixer who just passed away. He was just mixing uh, Mr. Rogers. Oh, wow. They were doing a, a, a biopic about Mr. Rogers with Tom Hanks. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we just lost him. Uh, two days ago, oh, you know, wow. yeah. So, but that what I'm. But back to the point is that you know it's now that movies can go somewhere else other than California. It's yeah. opened up the ideas that well, what about other places, you know? Yeah. So now you got you know you have Pittsburgh, you have uh, a whole state of Ohio, you know, and you have other places now that are also a focal point, you know, besides like Detroit, you know. Yeah. So I think it's good that it's moved around and it's allowed me to not need to move. Right, you know, what I mean, so I've been able to kind of stay at home. I st- and we still, get, I still get out of town calls, but I'm always so booked at home that I have to say no because I'm already at home, you know. But I think that's really good. That's elsewhere. You yeah. Know? Well, it's interesting because certainly talking to you, it sounds like you have the ability to choose somewhat, you know. And not everybody does, you know. Like some some people, if they get that call that would take them out of town, they're like, I gotta say yes to this, you know. So it sounds like you're in a, a, a sort of blessed place. Yeah, you I, know? I really am. It's so that's that's good, and it, it, that would be important for 
you know, you have family, you know. Yeah. No, I absolutely. I, I absolutely feel like knocking on wood and all blessings up. It's been it's been a it's been a really exciting ride, you know, and when people say, Well, if you were to die today, would you be happy with your life? I'd be ecstatic. Yeah. The only thing that I would be upset about is, you know, my little boy's only 13, you yeah. know, so I didn't get, I didn't get a chance to see him graduate from high school, you know, because yeah. like, my dad didn't see didn't see me graduate from high school. Oh, wow. So that would really bum me out. But other than, you know, that it's awesome, you know, and also leaving my wife by herself, you know, because we have all our future vacation plans out, you know, what we're going to yes. do, where we're going to go, you know. Yeah. So when the kids are both gone, you know, so. I mean, it's that would bum me out. But as far as like being, you know, miserable or sad, I I'd have to say no, man. It's it's been really awesome, you know. And it like to sit here and be able to talk to you, yeah. You know, just from knowing like I met you, you know, two thousand and eleven. Eleven, yep. I met you two thousand eleven. You know, and like now I'm talking to you on a yeah. podcast. It's really yeah. cool, man. So, you know, but if anybody has any questions, you know, they can hit me up. It's in an email. My email is. It's Molly at MollyStudio76.com. Okay. So it's I'll M A. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, spell it for us. It's M A U L Y at M A U L Y Studio, S T U D I O 76.com. Or they can just go to the website and they gotcha. can email it from there, which is MollyStudio76.com. So any, any questions, just hit me up. I love, you know, having interns. We had a uh, young lady from Boston, and it was great. Other than that, man, I'm I'm just really stoked that I was able to do this, do this with you. Yeah, man. Thank I'm so you, glad. Man. So glad. Thanks for putting up with me texting you on set. And no, no, it's to, fine. It's fine. Figure out the good time. That is the other ailments, folks. So you know, you're in all kind of locations, and when I happen to be in one that had a cell phone dead zone. Oh, wow, yeah. So you know, the school particularly had a cell phone block system built on it, so they block all the students' phones. There's no interaction between the students. I see. So you know. And a good point, you can't be doing any hazing or any threats or any, you know, pursing messages to anyone yeah. while you're in school. It down. Shuts it down. It's all about school. So yeah. I learned, like, what that was like. So I literally <laughs> went back to school, uh, and I couldn't reach anybody. So uh, that was pretty, yeah, pretty pretty crazy. So, but it's all right. All right. Thanks, well, man. Well, thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. I hope I answered everything for you. you. Man. All right, cool. Thank you. That's awesome. All right, later, dude. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, it's actually really funny. If you listen carefully to the end of the interview there, you'll hear Marlo taking off his headphones as we're wrapping it up. We recorded this episode in my bus, uh, which was parked right outside of his studio. And uh, he had folks uh, showing up for a session with him. Anyway, I'm really glad that we found the time to do this. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to Marlo's IMDb, uh, as well as his studio website. Also his daughter, Jada. I'm putting a link to her uh, website in the show notes. Anyway, thanks for listening, and you'll hear more again from us soon. Mm -hmm.